Welcome to the B-Side Boys Podcast. Who do you think you are? I am. An Iowa rugby podcast. Okay, I didn't know that. Well, now you do. With your host, Mr. Gray. Big meaty man slapping me. And Philly V. I am untethered and my rage knows no bounds. Brought to you by Rotor Epoxy. This is the adult tour, which means you can drink if you want, and we can say whatever the hell we want. <laughs> Cheers. This episode of the B-Side Boys is brought to you by Rotor Epoxy. New year, new floors. If you have a garage that needs to get done, a shed, a little bar, whatever, patio, locker room, locker room, all sorts of different stuff. Floor. Get a hold of Rotor Epoxy. They're going to get it taken care of for you. It's going to look beautiful. Everybody's going to be super impressed by it whenever they come over and check it out. If you spill anything, you're going to be able to clean it up nice and easy. And it looks great. And great price, great people, great service. I mean, just can't speak highly enough about them. They're just, they're the best. So that's why you need to get a hold of Rotor Epoxy. Go to their Facebook page. Look them up online. R-O-D-E-R Epoxy. Yeah, tell them the B-Side Boys sent you. Yes, please. Yeah, no, that's really important. Now, here's the show. All right. It is Tuesday. Yeah, Valentine's Day today. Oh, happy Exciting. Valentine's yeah. Day, Phil. Will you be <laughs> my Valentine? Of course. That's why I'm here. Oh, you mm-hmm. didn't bring me any chocolate. I know. I'm sorry. But hey, by the way, I think I already mentioned to you once, but love the Dennis Oliver interview. It was fantabulous. Fantabulous. <laughs> I don't know why I'm still hung up on that. <laughs> you, you texted me because you weren't there for that. And it was just funny because we'll we'll talk about the show and just getting a text. And I, I look at my, my watch on my, or whatever, my message on my watch. And it just says like, message from Phil. Hey, Great interview with Dennis, and then I scroll down. It was fantabulous. <laughs> I laughed out loud. Oh, did you actually? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I was at work, and I like looked down, and I start laughing, and they're like, what are you doing? They're like, you wouldn't get it. <laughs> yeah, I like listening to the podcast when I don't have to hear my voice at all, so. <laughs> <laughs> really helps. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so, yeah, it's Tuesday. Uh, crazy, crazy weekend. Bunch of stuff. Obviously, being in America, Super Bowl Sunday. Did you have mm-hmm. a good Super Bowl? I did. I. It's like a holiday. Nice. Did you have a good yeah. Super Bowl? <laughs> I, yeah. Did you? <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, we all went to, or at least a bunch of us went to Pally's, and I had a pretty good amount of beers. I got home at like ten thirty. Shine's like, "Are you drunk?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> Super Bowl. <laughs> Friggin' Super Bowl. Also, too, don't forget to vote for Pally's Bar and Grill to have the best burger in uh. Clive. If you check out on our social media. Click a link, vote for Pally's, shameless plug. They're our, our sponsor for the Wombats. Mm. And their burgers are really they are good. They are really good. What's the one that they have up this time? It's Mushroom and Swiss? Is that the one? No, the Mushroom and Swiss is my favorite. Mm. The Frisco burger. Oh, it's the Frisco burger mm-hmm. that's up. Yeah, that one's really good too. Makes you frisky. Yeah. Always bothers me though because uh, DeAndre gets that one all the time. Mm-hmm. He always gets it with no tomato. Because he's, w- he's a child and he doesn't like tomatoes on his sandwich. Oh, you know who else doesn't like tomato on their sandwich? Don't say you. Me. Oh, what, what's wrong with you? The consistency, texture, the liquidness. Like one time uh, up at you and I, I bought like a wrap or like a prepackaged yeah. sandwich from the 23rd Street Market. It had tomatoes on it and I bit in and it was a bad tomato uh, and it was so mushy. Everything was just mush. <laughs> and I like almost puked in, in that one because the mush in my mouth was so gross. <laughs> I still can like, ugh. so yeah. Call me a child. I don't give a hoot. <laughs> I hate tomatoes on my sandwich. It's so weird, dude. I love tomatoes. You like mush? I do like mush. Wrong. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So, yeah. Crazy weekend. Had mm-hmm. to. You had to recover a little bit on Monday. Dude, so I, uh, I still went to work in the morning. I mean, we all rough. did. We're adults. I mean, come dude, on. That, well, you know, the Super Bowl is supposedly the next day is like the most called in sick day. <laughs> I but, believe that. Yeah. That's like a thing, apparently. Maybe that's why Des Moines Public Schools, we had uh, professional development day. So, like, we didn't have students, but we had meetings all day. So, if you were hurting, it's not like you had to interact and, like, teach kids. You just sat and had to, like... Oh, yeah. That was definitely planned. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, 
Yeah, and speaking of things that are planned, we planned on talking about this a couple weeks ago, but big news out of USA Rugby. USA Rugby Board of Directors initiate high-performance review. So USA Rugby had a basically open letter to their members members of just saying like, okay, what are we doing? And honestly, now that I think about this, I have the wrong article up. (laughs) (laughs) So I remember you sent when you sent that to me though, a little while back. I'm like, Oh, like read through this. And yeah, it's been a minute. No, uh, it's weird. The USA rugby is going to work with world rugby Mm. on basically yeah, I clicked on the wrong one. Um, so the one I mentioned that I had the lo- the wrong link pulled up. USA Rugby has a new directors board of directors initiative, high performance review, and it's called the like Accelerate program. Mm. Basically, World Rugby is going to oversee the high performance teams in the United States because they want the United States to be a high level team. So World Rugby is going to come in and help out, and that that kind of seems shitty because that's almost like you know. NFL, for example, like the let's say Detroit Lions aren't doing very good. Is Roger Goodell going to come in and be like, hey, guys, what things do you have in place? I need to make sure you guys are up to speed so you can make the playoffs. Yeah. What? Like, it it should be kind of (laughs) like if you're good, you're good. Like, make it yourself, because if we don't make it, maybe Mexico steps up like just random. You know what I mean? Like. Why, why yeah, isn't we'll, World we'll, Rugby we'll, stepping we'll, into other countries? Because, because we have a massive like money yeah, potential. Yeah, that's, that's exactly eyeballs. what it is. There was, an, there was an article previously about that too with World Rugby wanting to be a little bit more involved with the U.S. They're like, you know, they don't give a shit if we win, you know, the World Cup. They just want us to make it because we have such a huge sports market here. You know, yeah. our sports market is worth, you know, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. Right. You know, it's and it's almost like an untapped market for rugby because it's still – relatively like growing in popularity in the u.s and if you think about like canterbury or Mm. other like rugby merchandise or rugby uh equipment and just kind of those sponsors that are around the world uh if rugby interest increases in america people are going to be buying things ad revenue is going to go up and then that helps everybody else out too so i guess yeah there's not as many eyeballs or television sets in hypothetically Mexico than there is mm. United States it's just a random country like next door to us. So there is incentive, I guess, for USA to be good. Yeah. But it does seem kind of like when you think of sports in general, it's just very weird that the, mm. the governing body is like, we want you to be good because we'll make more money. Yeah. And that kind of leads into like when people are in power, there's corruption. I don't know. To me, it sends a weird message yet. It's our country that benefits yeah. from it, but also, world rugby hasn't always been the greatest, so it's weird. Yeah, I know. It's, it's so, a weird dynamic. Yeah, and so that leads into the link I meant to click on. See, the problem is they both had the same thumbnail yeah. of just the USA Rugby logo. So the board of directors wrote an open letter to the rugby community. And so they reached out and, you know, they admitted fault. They talked about things that... It seems like, you know, as fans, as people who watch things that they've turned a blind eye to. And it's like, are they like this dumb or are they intentionally ignoring things? Mm. Um, They actually stepped up and said, no, we did go bankrupt. We did make poor decisions. We are reducing the National Office of Non-Coaching Staff from 32 people before bankruptcy to nine people today. There was a global pandemic. I do think they kind of blame some of this stuff on the pandemic shit was going downhill Dude, yeah they they were making like really bad financial decisions since like what was it highlighted like 2012 yeah. 13 they were just making really well, bad and they talk about the absence of any meaningful event or sponsorship revenues to support our national teams and they blame covid for that they they blame all this but it's like other sporting leagues had sponsorships and when mm. we're working on things we probably weren't going to get meaningful stuff anyway. Like, yeah. And like, they were using a lot of those SIP fees. So that's all that, that was majority of it. That was yeah. majority of their revenue was mm-hmm. us, <laughs> you know, bluegrass rugby teams. Yeah. And they're talking too now, you know, okay. They admitted fault. They admitted 
yeah. things that we've been saying. And we're like, please just acknowledge the fact that you guys messed up, mismanaged money. Hey, it only and- took three years. <laughs> <laughs> and our national teams aren't performing where they should be. Yeah. They talk about how like sevens, we show glimpses of being the best in the world. You know, the fact that like uh, the one year in Las Vegas, our sevens team won a tournament. Mm. You know, the women's team is continually fighting for these great spots. But then on the world stage at like the Olympics and the World Cups uh, for sevens, they still are failing to meet the podium. And then for 15s, our women's team's doing all right. Men's team, embarrassingly, didn't even make the World Cup. So like they're asking, what tools and platforms need to be in place for us to be consistently at the Olympic Games and Rugby World Cups? And then how do we facilitate sustainable growth in participation across our communities from playing, coaching, and refereeing and admin? And basically, they go into how do we move forward? They have a strategic review, a high-performance review. And basically, they're talking about they need to overhaul the structures, the responsibilities. They're admitting all this stuff. They're saying all the right things by identifying... Again, mismanaged money. Our structures aren't funneling up the right way. We need to pull things apart and rebuild in a more logical way. Um, we need to use our re- – because we have s- some resources that are really good, but everything's mm. so um, dispersed. Yeah. Things just – they're not efficient. It's mm. a lot of wasted energy from really good people. So they, they go into depth about ideas, which seems great – but coming from an education background, I've sat in on so many um, tier two meetings where we talk about students who need extra supports because they make poor choices, right? Yeah. Saying that the most friendly way possible. And we talk 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 about action. And then a couple of weeks go by and nothing happens. Yeah. So that's where I'm scared because it's like, I do feel like this letter was much needed. Yeah, it really just felt like, to me, it felt like an admission of guilt, yeah. you know, but it I mean, it needed to be done. The thing is, they they never did this, like you said, three years. They've never done this before where they said, like, we are not doing this justice. We're not doing this to the best of our abilities. Mm-hmm. Too little, too late, maybe. Um, a lot of people, a lot of responses that I saw, people were happy to see that they admitted it. They said some of the right things, but it just feels like, does it? They're buying time almost to like. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. does it? It makes. I mean, it is nice that they admitted it, but like, does it really make it much better that it took that long for them to admit, you know, some of the wrongdoings when it was already kind of common knowledge that a lot of these things have happened? Right. You know, like a lot of people already kind of knew a lot of the issues they were having prior to this. Right. You go on any like, like the quarantine chuggers, or you go yeah. on any like rugby coaches things, and all the time you hear of youth and college and senior side people complain about mismanagement that it's like, yeah, we all knew it. But I think for some people, they didn't know if the board of directors could even see the problems we see. Mm. Cause all they focus on is like, how's our national team doing? Yeah. Do they see beneath the national team and maybe why the national team's not doing as well as it could because of the, the funnel upwards is broken. You know, so the fact that they admitted that is like, okay, we can move forward now. Now we're all on the same page. But shortly after, like really shortly after. So there's there's a little bit of good faith there, right? Yeah. Well, it all came crashing down because, you know, we talked to our buddy Brad Dufek from NCR, National Collegiate Rugby. And shortly after, USA Rugby Board of Directors said like, hey, we need to fix these pipelines and these pathways and we got to do stuff with the youth and the college game and and we need to do better and a lot of that i feel like is pressure from ncr Mm -hmm. where usa rugby sees like oh shit ncr has figured some stuff out people are jumping to them we're losing money we're losing really good athletes we want them to be under our umbrella so ncr posted this for their CRC coming up in 2023, Mm -hmm. their big sevens tournament. And this is kind of how NCR blew up a few years back. So NCR posted, NCR has purchased a weekend membership from USA Rugby to obtain sanctioning of the previous two collegiate rugby championships. The sole purpose of the weekend membership, $10,000, was to eliminate any interference in relationships between NCR and referees. So a lot of times, like, it's one of those things where, like, people get certified to be a referee, but, like, 
USA Rugby wants them to be with them. NCR is like, hey, we need referees who are certified. Insurance, liability, yada, yada, yada. USA Rugby has always played nice with NCR because, hey, we love rugby. Mm. Well, now that NCR is kind of a competitor to USA Rugby, but USA Rugby sanctions everything, NCR... Back to reading this, NCR will not seek USA Rugby sanctioning for the 2023 CRC for the following two reasons. USA Rugby, via its agent, the College Council, chose to remove the weekend temporary membership option for college teams. So teams who are NCR or teams that were non-NC or uh, USA Rugby, Mm -hmm. they could get a temporary membership. So then that way they could pay a little bit of money, goes to USA Rugby, yep. but compete in non-USA Rugby events on American soil. Well, USA Rugby got rid of that. Yeah. And they did that to try to suffocate NCR, to make this impossible, because USA Rugby wants like the biggest college tournament to be their tournament, not some NCR tournament. So you back to the reading this, USA Rugby only offers full membership in lieu of the sanctioning, which would cost NCR members over $60,000 for three days. Despite NCR paying for, quote, sanctioning, the past two CRCs, USA Rugby declined to endorse the sanctioned event, continued to interfere with referee participation, and prohibited a national team selector from attending the 2022 CRC. NCR cannot justify using membership money to pay this exorbitant fee. NCR remains open to a reasonable partnership that serves its members' interests, empowers referees, complies with the restrictions of our member institutions, and drives the growth of collegiate rugby. Hmm. It's not very uh, growing the game of them, is it? Not very cash money of (laughs) USA Rugby. Not at all. My instant reaction is USA Rugby is pissed that NCR is doing a better job at the college game, and so just being very, very petty – not even and like it's a little bit it's a cash grab if they were to pay that but i don't think it was about money i think it was more about putting your competitor in a spot that it was difficult to operate Mm. basically saying like you can't instead of saying like you can't do your tournament this is telling them they can't do it in a roundabout way Mm. we didn't say you couldn't do it but it's going to be super expensive and you have no referees and then ncr is like yeah we're gonna do what's best for our people we support the growth of the game. We're going to do it our way. Yeah. And it's ugly. And it just is so frustrating because it's like, dude, you guys just released a freaking statement about how you've acknowledged you've not done college rugby any favors or youth rugby any favors. And if we want to catch up to the other tier one nations, shit, if we want to catch up to tier two nations, like Chile yeah. and Uruguay, they're kicking our asses. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's just, it's so frustrating. It's just like, Cool. Everything cool. It's like uh, Talladega Nights. Everything cool you just said, you ruined it. <laughs> you remember that yeah, speech? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just it's unfortunate too. It's like honestly, the people that are hurting the most are just their own sanctioned players. Yeah, you know the kids. I mean, they're and like you're really you're, fucking them over. You're not gonna have a USA national team selector at this tournament. Like you're not gonna have anybody who represents Team USA at this tournament. You're saying none of these people are eligible to play for the Eagles? Yeah. What a waste. I know. This is some of the best talent in the country, men's and women's. And then if you go, if you're a member of the Quarantine Chuggers for Qualified Ruggers, there is a guy, and I don't I don't know this guy, but I always see him pop up. He shares a lot of stuff. He works with the, um, the Midwest Barbarians, I know. He's a chairman for, I think like multiple rugby conferences. It's DUI doctors or Dewey, Dewey probably Dewey, Dewey. doctors. Yeah. He's from St. Louis. Uh, he had a very long post and I'll just go through like some stuff quickly. He just said, buckle in kids. I usually get paid by the word. So this one will probably be a long one. I have been around the college game in the U S for now 25 years and have served at the local regional, national and international level. This includes several years on the USA rugby Congress, including several chairman. I serve as the, World Rugby, J.O., run two different college conferences and coach the Midwest Collegiate All-Stars. Luckily, I don't get paid for any of those spots. So if I burn some bridges with this one, they can fire me. (laughs) D-I-L-L-I-G-A-F. I'm guessing that means, do I look like I give a frick? Anyways, for a bunch of years, USA Rugby had a vision, uh, blah, 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 college rugby fees, blah, blah, blah. 
as USA rugby continue to trip over its own dick repeatedly <laughs> and consistently thorough or through mismanagement, lack of planning, zero investment in the game. We eventually shuffled the deck, relabeled things and sold everyone another load of bullshit Did I mentioned. We also went bankrupt during that time. Don't worry, kids. We have a college council. Now they're clearly doing what is best for rugby, right? Now, if you ask me anyone in the college game, they will tell you in the past 20. Oh, hell let's call it since the beginning of time. USA rugby has had zero plan for growth of the college game, zero investment in actively growing the game. Prior to the recent, quote, reorganization, youth and high school, college, and the club game was essentially a piggy bank for the national teams and national office to overspend and underperform. Yep. A few nuggets of support they did provide were aimed only at the top, and we've talked about this, the very top level of college rugby. Mm-hmm. So, anywho, first we shit the bed with Rem, you brought that up, yep. and managed to lose millions. Then we poorly negotiated to host the Rugby World Cup 7 in San Francisco, and you guessed it, we lost millions. We then had to borrow money from World Rugby overlords because we were completely broke. <laughs> then, wait for it, we filed for bankruptcy anyways, shuffled things around, and now everyone should smile, right? This goes on. This goes on. He lists all sorts of stuff. If you want to go in and read the whole thing. Did he mention, was he the guy who mentioned uh, if any of the USA rugby, like, so if you play uh, with USA rugby, like, if you're one of the college teams and you yeah. go over to an NCR event, that you could be suspended for your next upcoming uh, regular season. It was something like that. Or maybe it was like the team in general would be suspended for the next upcoming regular competitive season. It might have been his post that mentioned it. He did talk about how USA Rugby stopped doing um, college all-star events. Yeah, NCR has been doing all-star events. Um, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he keeps talking about national teams and grade-level national teams. And uh, here's the last bit. I'll read the end of this. I know nearly every person that serves at USA Rugby and the so-called College Council, the people I know, I like and respect, and would still do anything for them, full stop. This post hurts any of your feelings. You have my number. Feel free to debate any of it. The CRC is by far the biggest college rugby event in America, and big shocker, it's not run by the USA Rugby. It is one of the most shining examples of NCR servicing the college game and doing better than USA Rugby has ever dreamed. So kids, when you see posts like this by NCR, know there is a lot of noise behind the scenes you don't get to hear. Bad uh, magic ball. Yeah. I would say in another five years, you will see more and more college teams migrate to NCR for the exact reasons he has listed. Cheers, kids. I'm going to sip a bourbon and try to reduce my blood pressure. Drago. Yeah, there it is right there. However, this past cycle, USA Rugby went as far as threatening college players that if they attend, um, they would not be eligible to play for their university anymore. That's crazy. <laughs> like and it's you... not in their bylaws or anything. So That's the crazy thing. Like USA Rugby... Is just making stuff up willy nilly to be like, you don't want to play with us, then you can't play ever. And yeah. it's like, NCR is just trying to make the game better. And like, competition in certain places done the right way can make everyone better. And USA Rugby, instead of raising their standard, instead of creating a plan to help these kids get better and help these programs get better, to help their own country get better, they punish them and say, oh, if you don't play by our rules, you don't play at all. Well, guess what? Our rules, if you play by them, means you lose. You tie Chile and they go to the World Cup and we stay at home. Yeah. That's what happens. And it's it's gross and it's frustrating. And it's one of those things too where it's like we love this sport. The sport's been awesome. And, you know, we love our country and we want USA Rugby to be good. But the mismanagement makes it so hard. It's like, I don't know, I guess I'm a Chicago Bears fan. <laughs> like I keep betting on this. I keep putting my time and effort and faith into this. And I want it to be good. But then you just get so frustrated and you're like, am I a fucking idiot for wasting my time? But what else am I going to do? Right. I mean, is NCR going to be the new USA rugby? And then they rename like, no, like, I don't, I don't know. But it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I'm a Bears fan. I could be another, you know, if I wanted to be a Jacksonville Jaguars fan or a Buffalo Bills fan, I could do it. We live in Iowa. Exactly. You can do whatever you want. You know, we got guys who are cheering for Philly. Like they live there. <laughs> they don't. They're from Iowa their whole life. Anyways. <laughs> That wasn't a shot at anybody. <laughs> we have a lot of friends who are Eagles fans. I'm just saying. But it's not like I'm going to be like repping like, hey, go Canada. Hey, I'm a big Spain fan when it comes to rugby sevens. Like, no. no. <laughs> like, you're USA. We, yeah. like, it's just, golly, it's frustrating. I know. 
Fix it, Phil. Sad. I'm trying to get Mark Cuban on it, but he's not responding to any of my emails. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say, though, um, they did say they're going to release every quarter a letter like that. USA Rugby is they. Uh. Uh, USA Rugby is going to release an open letter from their board of directors every quarter to continue to update us progress. Can they show us the bank statements too? Zero. Negative. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly though, like wouldn't that be so cool? Like you could see exactly where the money that you know you're paying like the money you pay towards your SIP or like your your taxes, for instance. <laughs> It'd be cool to see where that money goes. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet pipe dream. That's <laughs> right. that's ever gonna happen. I know. Oh uh, yeah, it just it's frustrating. And I wanna say like it's gonna get better. And that first letter was like, Oh, this is cool. And then to turn around and do this to NCR, it's just like that sucks. So my way to keep my blood pressure down and to try to be like, you know what? The sport and community of rugby itself at a micro level is super cool. Yeah. Adam Hughes' book talked about basically all grassroots rugby is pretty much the same across the country. For some reason, as you go up the ladder to the national team, we lose it. We lose it because people at the top, they got their hands in and they're worried more about money than they are the culture. We're not making money on any of this. We're doing this for fun. Yeah, and like everybody who's actually doing something isn't worried about the money. They're worried about the exposure, the growth of the sport itself. And the experience. Yeah, and the experience. And, And we say it all the time, like, if someone's going to come to a Wombats practice or a Wombats game, is it worth their time? Is it better than whatever the alternative is? Mm-hmm. Is it better than going to a movie? Is it better than going to uh, your your in-laws barbecue? I don't know. You know, like whatever. Yeah. Like I would want the goal to be that people would want to come watch, not just because they're friends with us and they want to be supportive, but they thoroughly enjoy the game. Right. You and know? it was just, and like, it's just a fun, inclusive environment. And so that's where, I think, you know, national team, there's not much we can do here locally to help them. But you know what we can do? We can make a kick-ass youth program with the Wombats. You know, other communities can make their own kick-ass youth programs. You can see it in Waverly. Iowa City is going to be working on some stuff. We actually are going to talk here shortly with guys from Quad Cities. We have Craig Ayer and Jim Estes coming up here in a couple minutes. And they're going to dive into their plans for the youth. If we can all make our communities super kick-ass and a fun place to be, I don't really give a shit about the national team yeah. because my team is my team. This is my family. This is my home. Mm. You know, they can fuck off and, and never make the world cup again. <laughs> but you know what? As long as I got people learning the game and I got people excited to mm. show up on a Saturday on a Wednesday and they want to throw the rugby ball around, you know, we got high school rugby starting soon. I, I think that's where we're not going to change world rugby, but we can change our world of rugby. Oh. <laughs> I made that. I came up with that on the spot. That was good. That was good. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's all it's it's all how we view. I mean, we can worry about the top. We have no influence on that. Mm. We can waste all of our time being upset about it. Doesn't mean shit. Nah. What we can control is the fact that you're gonna help me coach a youth rugby clinic or camp in the summer. Hmm. Do you know that? I didn't know that. <laughs> Just springing stuff on me. As I do. <laughs> and I think I'll spring one more thing on you. Let's get to the interview. Okay. You want to introduce them? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Say it. Oh, didn't I already do it during the interview? I just meant like, here comes the interview. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Here comes the interview. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, now joining us here from the Quad City Irish, we got Jim Estes and Craig Ayer. How you guys doing tonight? Good, good, good. All right. So it's been a while since we've heard from any Quad City guys. I just talked to Jake, I guess, the other day. But uh, what have you guys been up to lately? Yeah, we've been doing pretty good. Uh, trying to keep people active, uh, trying to uh, stay fit or keep fit um, as the spring season's just around the corner. 
Uh, we had our rugby banquet um, the other week, which was really nice. Um, lots of awards. Good to get the group together and uh, uh, lay out the plans for this spring. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've been noticing a couple of teams have been already doing their uh, like year-end banquet and stuff, and we still <laughs> we still haven't quite gotten to ours yet, but we are planning on doing ours in like March. So that should be a lot of fun. Uh, where'd you guys have that at? We um we picked a, a pub in the village in Davenport Village. Uh, they had like a, a nice room uh, out the back. Um, so we, we get got in there, got a few pizzas, we had a few beers, and uh, gave out some cool awards. Um, probably the funniest award was our <laughs> testicular fortitude. Uh, one of the guys actually built the award this year, and uh, he's an engineer at um, uh, the Green Tractor Company, and um, he actually. Built up the cement blocks, Rio bars, and actually uh, 3D printed out a couple of huge nuts. Greg and I are both former winners of the Testicular Fortitude Award, so we got that going for us. Yeah. Wait, who who won the Testicular Award? Well, Craig and I both have in past history, but this year it was Matt Westfall. Okay. Uh, Marshall. <laughs> no, it's Matt. Oh, Matt. Sorry. Marshall built it, right. Right. Yeah, that's funny. So you guys do joke awards and stuff like that because I think we need a. We need to do yeah. that this year. We have an ovarian fortitude award too. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys mentioned too, you know, it's the off season trying to keep people in shape or to think about their fitness as spring is coming up. I know as like a D three rugby club, that is a very difficult thing to do. Like once October, yeah. November hits guys are like, cool, call me in April. Uh, <laughs> what is something you guys do to, you know, cause Guys need a break from rugby, but at the same time, you don't want to lose everything you worked on in the fall. What's something you do to motivate the guys or keep them active without also, you know, overwhelming them or burning them out? We have a pretty serious summer sevens um, schedule. And this spring, we're doing some tens and fifteens uh, mixed in with some sevens. So we keep them busy year round. And the Irish are pretty good at sevens. and We like sevens. So getting fit. Getting them motivated for sevens, fitness isn't too hard. But, um, yeah, then there's you lose them for, like, that last month in summer. It seems like we lose a lot of fitness there. But we've certainly on our, our – you know, we've got some group chats like every other club, and, you know, we're, we're trying to keep it fitness-orientated. Uh, guys are sharing links when they're at the gym, uh, YMCA's in town, yeah. um, CrossFit's and all that sort of stuff. So we're certainly trying to share and spur people on to stay fit. We're setting up some speed camps when we play basketball too. Oh, nice. Okay, so you guys do like some actual like team stuff together. Because I know like some people are just, you know, usually it's like up to your own discretion on staying in shape, you know, during the winter months and stuff like on your own. But I know like some teams are obviously like we're trying to do a CrossFit thing. We got, we've noticed some other teams have tried to uh, do some team workouts as well. So. You know what's cool that we talk about we haven't done yet, but I want to do what my college teams always want to do this too, is um, do a tough mutter together over the summer. Oh, God. <laughs> right, but, but with that looming, I mean, it could be hard or it could be fun, so everybody starts. It's going to be muddy. At least those that are going to do it start moving around a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, that's, that's some pretty intense training for that too. So, I mean, yeah, it, it wouldn't be too hard to go from doing a tough mutter to stepping onto a rugby pitch, I feel like. And you won't get electrocuted playing rugby. <laughs> you hope not do they still do that do they still do the electric fences i've heard they do I, i've never done oh a tough mutter but i've heard stories yeah we've actually got a small obstacle course place in town and uh it's not at the um, you know, tough mutter degree but uh it's, it's a lower level the kids get involved with that as well and yeah it's, it's pretty cool yeah you guys mentioned too like obviously with working out something you guys were mentioning like spring and summer I saw you guys' spring schedule, um, at least briefly. Who do you guys all have lined up for the spring, just for, like, friendlies? Because I saw, what, the first week you guys have, like, a tens uh, match, right? Yeah, I guess we're going to go down to the um, Southern Illinois University. They have a tens tournament down there. We did it last year, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll do that again this year. And then uh, what we tried to do is just chatting with um, you know, clubs and teams and players in our, our region, actually. Um, you know, we, we're trying to string together what we call these festivals. And uh, the idea behind that is just to set up locations and try and invite you know, anyone and everyone to kind of come along. 
Um, we're trying to set it up where we have youth uh, you know, starting it off in the morning. Uh, the women have the chance to play and also the men. And uh, really it gives, um, you know, it's not really a competition or a tournament, but uh, the idea is to really give people a chance to just get out there and experience the game. You know, we'll be pretty casual with uh, halves and times and subs and all that good stuff. But, you know, where, where people aren't really the, the main string player, it'll give them a chance to, to have a crack at it. I like that idea too for spring. Definitely years past, we really looked into that too, where just getting that environment that people can see, even if they're not a player, um, getting the youth familiar with it as well too, just basically getting a bunch of people who enjoy rugby and create that fun atmosphere, create the opportunity to see the game, play the game. And like you said, it's not so serious where people are cussing at each other or upset of a drop pass. It's like, hey, we're just here for fun. And there's a ton of people here looking to have a good time. I, I love it. We kind of went a different direction this spring with trying to do some like road trips to get guys excited to see other cultures of rugby. But I love the festival setting again, just because oh, yeah. it's such great networking. You you meet so many great people. And then you also learn from other clubs too, when you invite so many clubs and people are more relaxed and they're more open to sharing like what they do, you know? And so it's a really cool uh, day of rugby. So that's, that's awesome. And I feel like too, it's more inviting for brand new players, which oh, yeah. we always look at the spring as this is where we're going to get new players. This is where they can learn the skills and there's no pressure. I think the festival festival setting is a great way to start for new players because there isn't that pressure of like, it's a league match. We got to win. You know, it's, it's just, Hey, check it out see what you think. Yeah, sure. And there's plenty of learning moments too. Um, we kind of had a game, I remember last year, where it was kind of along, along those lines. And it was pretty cool where we just stopped when we wanted to. Um, I think a few of the old boys got out and played, probably Jim included. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't in at all. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, those are fun. But just the ones where it's just like, it doesn't have to be like a set amount of time or anything. You just take all these like random breaks. It's like, I always remember whenever we did like alumni weekend mm -hmm. and those alumni matches, everybody's like super hungover and stuff. And you're playing against a bunch of college kids, but we would like play for 15, 20 minutes. Like, okay, let's take five, 10, maybe 15 minute break before we start playing again. <laughs> or when uh, Quad Cities came down uh, two years ago to play against the Wombats and we played a friendly version of the game and we split the roster a little bit Oh yeah, yeah. Um, because I remember that game because I was certified to ref and I didn't want to ref and Adam Falk said <laughs> there's no other refs available you have to ref and uh, we played a little bit of 15s and then we switched to sevens and then we switched to tens guys were playing on different teams um, and that was a really fun day of rugby too just because it was a lot of fun and also too you know as a new referee who doesn't want to referee um, there was no pressure on me either and I could be like Half's over because I needed a break and I was tired, you know. <laughs> but you guys also talked about, you know, getting the youth involved. And that's something that I really love seeing with your club is that you're very active on trying to get a rugby ball in kids' hands all the way down to elementary. And then I saw you have some like middle school and high school programs that are trying to compete like in the Illinois division. Um, what What's going on with youth rugby in the Quad Cities? Yeah, I mean, this, the same thing applies where we're just trying to get uh, kids in the park, basically, and play, playing playing rugby, mm -hmm. uh, not only what cities, but, uh, you know, close by. Uh, of course, it's, it's uh, one thing to get a team together, but then it's having uh, a tournament or a league close by um, to keep them interested. So we're, we're trying to get it all done. Um, you know, it's not easy. It takes a lot of hard work, I think, to try and pull teams together. We're certainly in the infancy and trying to get that going. Um, but but uh, I think from a tackle perspective, we're certainly working on grades from, you know, U13, grades five and six, right through to high school, both boys and girls. Mm -hmm. um, trying get that going and join, joining and attacking on with this um, festival uh, format that we have. And then we do a lot of work with um, uh, groups in the Quad Cities. It could be uh, elementary schools, um, youth camps and stuff like that, where we try and provide the uh, um, rookie rugby programs. And this one in particular we're doing, uh, we, we kind of chatted with the guys at Bettendorf um, uh, Parks and uh, they said, hey, why don't you give it a go? And uh, uh, we said, yeah, let, let's do it. So we've got a couple of dates in February, uh, February 18th and February 25th. And uh, we're going to split that up uh, with two groups. We're going to have first grade through third grade and then fourth through sixth. And basically, you know, just doing some rookie rugby, that, that style will be non-contact and uh, just, just getting used to throwing the ball around and having some fun. That's awesome. That's at uh, Bentendorf Parks and Recreation, right? 
It is, yep, in Bettendorf. Uh, they've got a facility they've just taken over. It's not a new facility, but, um, you know, they have a couple of basketball courts in the back there. And uh, you know, I was figuring for winter it'd still be pretty cold. So it'd be nice for the kids to get in there and throw a rugby ball around. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, being a middle school teacher myself, just the exposure. I think seeing a rugby ball. I mean, mm-hmm. kids know I have a you and I rugby flag in my in my office and they see it and they're like, oh, rugby. No idea what it is. They see a rugby <laughs> ball and they go, this football doesn't have laces. And it's like, oh, it's a rugby ball. So, I mean, even just holding the ball, being familiar that it is a sport, what it looks like. I mean, that's so much. That's so huge because when they get to high school or they get to college and they go, oh, I'm familiar with this. I'm willing to try it. You know, when it's the first time, they're just like, nah, not for me. I've never been exposed to it. But the fact that like they're seeing it, they're, they're playing little mini games, their, their friends are doing it. I mean, it's, it's huge. And then the area you guys are in as well. I mean, there could be so many great youth rugby programs. I just think of like the Iowa youth rugby association. Like you could have a whole division along the Mississippi there. I mean, there's just so many communities that if it, I mean, I feel like as a potential to take off like wildfire, I mean, are you guys looking to set up some teams to be in the Iowa high school league? I mean, I know you're in this kind of weird spot where your back's against the wall to the Mississippi and Illinois is right there too. Um, what are the, I guess, what are the future goals for youth rugby and high school rugby in the quad cities? We've done it before. We had Davenport West and Davenport Central mm-hmm. boys. I was their coach years ago. And then started coaching Iowa and let the high school program go. Nobody else wanted to pick it up, hmm. but uh, it can be done. There's a few. There's a few athletic directors that are friendly to the sport and are willing to let us in. And we've had a couple kids age up through our youth program. We have yeah, that yeah. are interested too. Yep. So that is our that is a goal for us, men, boys, and girls. Yeah, we've um, um, the folks over there in, in Iowa, um, youth, youth rugby, have been pretty helpful. We had some good chats last year, and you know, for for, for trying, we've certainly tried to get a full team t- together and to go travel. Um, but yeah, I guess getting the team together and then traveling is, is pretty difficult. So mm-hmm. this year we're kind of just just local and uh, see if we can get things going and, and start building it. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing would be like if you're going to have a team out there, it's almost like you can't just start one team. It's like yeah. you need to have like a, a few teams. So then that way you can host some tournaments. You don't have to travel too far mm-hmm. um, for it to really, you know, plant roots and be sustainable. Because um, I know there's been programs in the past that, if you're on the road every week on a on a Friday cool. night or the girls are on Monday night and you're driving two, three hours a night just one way, that, that makes it tough. So hopefully we see some more people step up. And is that something you're looking to do too with your, your current players on the men's team and the women's senior side teams, like getting certified, being coaches? Is that something that interests them or is it just a select few who want to coach um, that are really taking over on that or are more people willing to jump into that role that's part of it too and uh, a lot of people say well you know you, you start that program you know a lot of people don't they don't know how to teach it they're not familiar with it so you know last year we did a um a coaching certification in summer and uh we're looking to do that again this um uh this spring uh, hopefully we can get that set up for march um i think the educator who normally does that is having a, a couple of health issues i had an accident or something like that so we're hoping they'll get back to us soon and we can get that firmed up but um you know the, the target date was like march 11th but uh if that happens and gets confirmed we'll certainly get some information out there and uh, try and get people to it you're right though i mean building two clubs simultaneously is the way to go so that we're not so isolated they they'd have to travel yeah it is good Actually, um, there was a couple of athletic directors, middle school athletic directors I talked to. You know, their thing is, yeah, they're interested. Um, rugby in the spring is something where there is some room. But, uh, you know, the key is, you know, how does, what does the program look like? Where do they have to travel? What are the expenses involved with that? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a string it all together, especially when it's not a, what do you call it, like a Iowa school program or an Illinois school program um, sport. Yeah, not sanctioned by the school. It's just a yeah. club. Yeah, we've, we've talked about that quite a bit where it's like is it beneficial for it to be sanctioned by the school or is it better off being a club it's kind of there's always some pros and cons to both it seems mm-hmm. yeah some say there'll be too many rules if it goes that way but i don't know i see some benefit in it i think it'd be good to, to have it official yeah that's the nice thing like when it's not sanctioned you know you can you can do what you want and also when you fundraise the money like it, it goes to your club you can put it right to travel you can put it right to what you want um, you know, when it is sanctioned, that money runs through the school. There's a lot of, uh, rules on how you can spend it. Um, and then and like the eligibility, also, the L- L2, eligibility yeah. too is huge as well. 
Um, obviously, we want all of our students to be passing their classes, but um, it's just things are more scrutinized. And then also, uh, it's just really good when you are sanctioned, you have that backing of the mm -hmm. AD, you have the backing of the school, easier to recruit, easier to use facilities on campus. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good with it, but also that scrutiny, especially as a sport that many people might not have an understanding of, like, well, why do you need to do this? Or, you know, um, just pros and cons. And also every community is different too. It just depends on who you have and, and what resources you have. And, you know, thinking of the men's program too, um, and the women's program, the senior sides, you know, it's 2023, you guys are in that off season, you got a, a festival spring coming up, a big sevens uh, schedule this summer with some big lofty goals. And we also have the fall season that it always sneaks up, I feel like, on oh, us because yeah. we we think about sevens and it's like, oh man, we got to switch gears to 15s. Yeah. You know, yeah. looking looking ahead, I mean, this is pretty big over the next 10 months here. What are some some major goals that the club has on the field, off the field, uh, recruiting or just structure or just what are some things you guys really want to accomplish? So, you know, at the new year, you can look back and be like, yeah, we did that. Like we had it on the list. We checked it off. What would be those big ones for you? Pretty much everything you mentioned. <laughs> we want to make a big sevens around the summer and go to the qualifiers mm -hmm. and put the best side we can together, but also run a social side for other tournaments. We have the interest. We have the athletes. We just, we just need the focus and we can provide that. Um, also, one thing was, was kind of a goal this year and we'll get Goals. We want to increase our fan base, okay. our visibility, community involvement. And we made some gains on that. And there's some fun things we can do, like for, like tournaments. We, we have lights. We can play in the dark. So we could we could, we could could um, use and celebrate, you know, rub the end of the lights. Yeah, for sure. Try to get some folks out. And to that point, um, last year was a lot about, you know, thinking about, well, did the Irish used to do when they were going, and uh, yeah. what could we put back in place? Mm. Uh, we tried it, and so this year is actually going back, and now that we've got schedules that, that we can look at for the year, I think that's going to help with promoting the game and promoting uh, the fan base to, to come and get involved. Mm. Well, and one cool aspect that I, I don't think it's unique to the Irish, but it is, it is a specific identified and cultivated strength of ours. We use our old, our old boys and have it all of the... Um, officer positions and i'm talking about old boys that played like in the 70s and 80s oh, yeah. and those guys are great they're really connected to the community they they're good good at fundraising they they remember a time when rugby was a little different but there's some really cool cultural aspects of that that they're able to bring to bear and um great stories it's good guys good to keep them <laughs> lots of stories yeah. <laughs> no that's that's awesome it's always helpful to have you know a group of old boys to definitely back you again i think it brought up a couple of times but that book that adam hughes wrote and that was one of the things he highlighted for having a successful club long term is having uh your old boys still stay involved with the club so that's awesome you guys have that going too and to take the pressure off the players i feel like that's yeah. something that so many clubs it's like you have people who are like they're the president match secretary they got to worry about you know do we have film on the team we're playing and then also we have to set a roster make sure everyone pays their dues like to have the players play and the board members admin stuff i mean that's that's got to be a huge uh benefit that your club mm -hmm. has because most clubs are player driven um which can be hard to balance multiple roles when yep. you also have the role of uh you know husband or father or whatever your job is, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's got to take a lot of pressure. So that's a huge benefit there. Yeah. A lot of these guys are retired and they have time. They still love the game. They got great experience. So they're perfect for the jobs. Nice. Nice. And, you know, also you said to growing the reach in your community. That's, I know something we talk about all the time with the oh, Wombats yeah. is just that we want to create a space that is not just like, Hey, you have to, if you're here, you have to play. It's like, no, we, we want fans. We want people to just come to the pitch and just hang out, have a beer, share stories. doesn't even have to be rugby related. You know, we took our team bowling the other night um, just to get the guys together and their girlfriends and wives and kids and, you know, just showing it's more of a community than just rugby. And so I think that's that's my personal opinion of how we grow this sport is make rugby pitches a place people want to be 
not just for the rugby, but for the community. And, and yeah, it, it's very apparent being, you know, hours away from you guys, seeing your social media, seeing uh, yeah. you on your local news and just the things that you guys are doing to try to grow awareness, to grow the sport in multiple ways. It's really cool to see. And, and also it's really cool to steal your ideas. <laughs> you mentioned that a lot. That's what it's about, right? Sharing and stealing ideas. I mean, yeah, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's why I, I really do feel like you guys are leading the way for how senior sides in Iowa can help with youth rugby. I, I think you guys do a phenomenal job with your, especially at uh, middle school and elementary level. I think so many people focus on high school, but it's mm. like we talked to Brad Dufek from Wisconsin and he talked about how their big focus in Wisconsin is start with kids who are five years old. And it's like, we we're nowhere near that in our community, but that it's just so interesting to hear people say that. And I think you guys have a really great model. And I think if we want the sport to grow in our state, people need to take a look at how you guys are doing things and, and take some notes and really evaluate, Hey, can we do this in our community? They can do it in Davenport. Why can't we do it anywhere else? You know, and it's it's awesome to see what you guys are doing. So that's why too we love to call you guys and check in and and yeah compare notes. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, definitely middle school is an area where uh, we're focusing on, and uh, as you say, I think that's a, a key key uh, regional area to, to grow. Mm-hmm. Well, Craig's our main person for the youth program, and I want to give him a lot of credit for that. But what's cool, I think, what what speaks well to anyone who invests in youth rugby from a given club like these kids are not going to probably play for the irish they're not going to in the periods that craig and i are coaches and are involved with the irish men and irish women these players are not going to help those teams so we're trying to help some help help young players do something cool because we love the game in the future mm-hmm. and, and to that end i think stealing and borrowing everybody's stuff is, is great i mean we're all the same same kind of heart and same idea to, to build rugby for the future beyond our reach mm-hmm. It's important. Yeah, Jim Jim got me into rugby here originally when I came. So he had a youth program that we do in the summer. It's a free camp. And uh, basically, you know, again, we try to get everyone together and uh, get the young kids out in the park and throw the ball around. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I, I mean, I think one of the best feelings in the world is just a sunny day. You're with your friends yep. and you're just throwing the ball around. You know, I mean, it's just nothing better than that. And I think rugby has given us a great experience. I know Phil and I, we talk about all the time. Rugby has been really good to us and we haven't even really – done anything that cool with it so like if we can (laughs) create a platform for someone to have you know half the experience we did or to go on further and and have these great experiences like that's why i think we should get involved in youth rugby because it was good to us so i think we need to give back to that next generation so no i love what you guys are doing um and also too we just appreciate you guys coming on and and kind of giving us a little update in the quad city world of what's happening with rugby and um yeah we we keep an eye on it and we just we love what we're seeing yeah, we're always watching <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys um, thank you for that we, we really like what you're doing with the, with the podcast and uh listen to a lot of a lot of what you guys do and uh, it's great thanks for doing it oh yeah, appreciate we, it. Say we, we, all, we love hearing that <laughs> <laughs> damn it phil <laughs> well no well thank <laughs> you guys <laughs> and hopefully we see you guys soon i don't think um it'll probably be summer sevens when we see you guys Whenever they come out with the, uh, I mean, the AGM is coming up here soon. So maybe we'll see you there in Iowa City. Um, Or at least I'll be there. Phil's not going to go because he's a bum. Well, maybe maybe we'll get maybe a few Quad City guys that want to pour on for Nash Bash, possibly. Yeah, sure. That's that's always an option. Yeah, that'd be good. Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. Well, thank you guys. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys soon. We'll be in touch. Thank you. Rugby on. Yeah, have a good day. See you guys. See you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Always good to check in with the guys from the Quad Cities, oh, yeah. the Irish. Yeah, that was that was good. It was nice hearing hearing from those guys. Oh yeah, and they have on March 11th 
in the Quad Cities, a level one referee clinic. So if you want to become a referee, go to the Quad Cities on March 11th. I think there's a sign up on the Society of Iowa Rugby Referees, Quad City Irish, or you can actually just go to USA Rugby training and education courses mm-hmm. and you can just sign up uh through your rugby explorer profile profile you just go to rugby explorer profile and then click on the learning center on the left hand menu so yeah if you want to become a referee this spring referee some high school matches referee some club matches uh you can do that so march 11th mark that on your calendar also if you're a referee on February 24th at 7.30 p.m. at Peace Tree Brewing in Des Moines, the Society of Iowa Rugby Referees is having like a meeting. It's not so much a, it's not an AGM, but it's just the Referee Society is going to get together, have some beers, and just talk about what's happening. So I love Peace Tree. Are you maybe, a referee? I'm not, but maybe I'll go just for the Peace Tree. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're going to have to referee some, some referee. high school matches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I really appreciate everything the rest do because I don't know if I can handle. I mean, like refing high school probably wouldn't be bad, but refing a men's match, mm. yeah. You, be... I mean, you heard it from Dennis. The yeah. parents are getting more and more confident with how they react to really, the game. It's a really nice way to put it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying they know the rules, but they're getting way more uh, assertive about the <laughs> how they think they know the game. Yeah, I mean, it is one of those things too, and I and I do think if we think back to Dennis's interview of like. Yeah, as coaches, like, if you're yelling at the referee, your kids and your fans are going to echo what you yeah. say. If you treat them with respect, and if you have a fan that's just, well, hey, what at, are you doing? And look yeah. at any international coach. They don't yell. Like, they don't really, like, hardly do – does an international coach look like they even are displaying a lot of emotion <laughs> during a match? They're just there. Yeah, exactly. You ever but, notice that? Like, every oh, yeah. single one is like that. Well, and they, they really talk about their matches are won and lost in training. Yeah. And then the match is just to show what you've done in training. Mm. You're not going to make – and especially in rugby when everything's so loud, and it is when you're at that level, there's nothing you can say that would – in that quick real time moment, you have to be able to make that decision in the moment. You're not going to tell someone like, Hey, hit a switch there. If you have to say it out loud, by the time they hear it, the other team already like it's gone, you know? So that's why too, I think, you know, you can yell all you want, go, go, go. But if your players don't know to go already, then you you failed them. So I think that's why at that level, they don't yell because they know like you're going to lose your voice over 80 minutes and they play 18 matches in a season. Yeah. So just crazy stuff. Another important announcement, the AGM for the Iowa rugby union, the annual grand meeting is this Saturday in Iowa city. That would be Saturday, February 18th, 10 AM at the like Iowa Hawkeye tennis complex. So go because they vote on uh, new board members or whatever. And then they also talk about basically all Iowa, the hall of fame uh, referees. They talk about just kind of the, how the league is doing with money dues and just basically how the league runs. And if you have ideas and you think you could help run the league or you could, you have ideas that would make the league better or the union better go or Tyler Daly also said that there is an opportunity to uh, like call in or zoom in. It's not as good because I feel like you're, you're not in the conversation, but at least you can hear everything and you can say stuff if you can't drive there, but we're going to have a group of people going, but yeah, basically if you ever complain about anything in the Iowa rugby union, now's your time this weekend to go and actually advocate for change. Mm. Cause that's the worst thing in the world is like people bitch all year long. And it's like, all right, February 18th, here's your chance to, like, all those complaints you had, bring them to the table. Mm. And then people don't show up. And it's like, well, this was your time to bitch. Like, this was your time to come up with a plan to say, this didn't work. This is how we make it better. So if you don't show up, that's on you. And you're not doing your club or your community a a service. You're doing a disservice, as you will. Yeah. No, it makes sense. It's just like everything in life, too, though. Just, yeah. you know, if you don't have like a actual plan on really how to fix it or at least make it better for other people or yourself, then, then shut why, the fuck up. Yeah, then why fucking complain about it, honestly? <laughs> yeah, you're just like wasting energy. That's something that drives me crazy. Again, coming from a teaching background, is you sit in these meetings and teachers be like, oh, this kid's always late, and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And like, okay, cool. How are we going to fix it? 
Well, I haven't thought that far. I'm not done bitching yet. <laughs> right. Like then what what are we doing? Offer a solution at yeah. least. Even if know? even, even if, if it's you're... a bad idea, even if it's a bad solution, at least it's like it's an attempt. You yeah, know? And it's a starting point of like, okay, that won't work, but we can work with it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like get something. But just to complain to complain, it's like sometimes too, our situation is like fucked from jump street. And you can complain all you want, and it's and it's the best it already is. Like yep. USA Rugby. <laughs> we complain all we want. It's not going to change. Uh, you know? So, Big yeah. Sad. Big sad. <laughs> Had to bring that back up. Yeah, right. You thought we got away from it. <laughs> uh, so, speaking of countries that are actually competent in rugby, ah, let's yeah. talk about the Six Nations. So, round two was this past weekend mm-hmm. on February 11th. Ireland defeated France yeah. 32-19. Amazing, dude. I, I mean, that that was basically number one and number two. Yeah, you know, I, I respectively. do. I do feel like that really puts Ireland in the driver's seat. Uh, I mean, I know there's, you know, more rounds after this. I mean, we're mm. not even halfway through it. Um, yeah, this is only round two of five, but going and and you know getting that win over France, and it was a pretty sound win, thirty two nineteen. That's big. Yeah. Ireland, I feel like, really, really takes control. Scotland, they defeat Wales 35-7. They're not looking bad so far. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting because I just feel like Scotland kind of, they beat England. Yeah. If they can defeat France next weekend on the 26th, uh, Scotland has a real shot to compete for first as well. Yeah. Uh, depending on how they, because they're both undefeated, Ireland and Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, if they don't have any hiccups and they can beat France, they could really challenge Ireland for that number one spot. And then England on the 12th, they defeated Italy 31, 14, no surprise there. So that puts Ireland at two and O with 10 points, Scotland two and O with 10 points. England is in third at one and one with six points. France is one and one with only five points. So that little point differential. Yeah. I'm a, I was a little surprised by that though, because like Italy put up such a good showing against France. Yeah. And then they kind of get stomped by England. So it's like, ah, it's like is maybe France just isn't as good this year. Yeah. It, it's interesting. Cause yeah, then Italy has that one bonus point to put them in fifth place at 0 and 2. Then Wales with no points. Uh and that's the thing too. Like you would you would think Italy would be in the sixth spot. But again, there's still three weeks left. Yeah. Um, the way it stands now, like Ireland is the front runner. Scotland's looking better than expected. Uh, France disappointing so far. Same with England. I mean, obviously England and France feel like they should be two and O, um, and Italy and Wales are just trying to fight to stay out of (laughs) the bottom. Right. Um, yeah. Interesting stuff. So I think next week will be really, really interesting too, because we do have Ireland against Italy. I think Ireland's going to whoop them. Yeah. England versus Wales. I think England's going to whoop them. And then France for Scotland, that's huge. Can France get back into the running? Can they Can or, they come back? Or will Scotland, you know, stay on the heels of Ireland and compete for that number one spot? That That's going to be one of the most crucial matches, not only in round three, but in the whole competition, mm-hmm. I think, just because, again, Scotland is, I think, overperforming. France is underperforming. Uh, do they go back to form here? I don't know. See see what kind of adjustments they make. We'll have to watch. And actually, I lied. That's not next weekend. That's two weeks away. They yeah. take they take this next weekend off. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. The 25th and 26th is round three. So they take this weekend off. Uh, again, if you want to go to Nashville or Chicago with the Wombats, go to our social media. Uh, plenty of playing time for everyone. Yep. Spring is about being social and having fun. Or resting if you're old. Like, <laughs> do what you want to do. Yeah. Do what's best for you. Uh, high school rugby is around the corner. You still have 10 days before you have to make a decision if you want to start a team. I did, and I'm going to share this at the, the AGM. I did nerd out last Friday, and I made maps of the state of Iowa. Oh, Maybe yeah, I'll share I'll yeah, share them after right. the AGM. But I made these, like, area maps, and I put pins on every single town that has a high school team. And then I put like a transparent circle with a 25 mile radius around each men's club. Yeah. yeah. And then I also put, yeah, that's a, so that's 50 miles across 25 from the center 
to the outside. Yeah. And basically looked at, you know, inside each of these circles, how many high school teams are under the umbrella of a men's program or a college program. And there was some interesting stuff. And I reached out to like Dubuque to ask them like, Hey, what's, what's happening. And they're working on some stuff to secure field space for them. I talked and we just talked to the quad city guys. Sounds like they're still about a year or two out. And then, you know, Northeast Iowa, Mason city, Iowa falls, a lot of potential in those areas. Um, Yeah. And then in the Des Moines area, we have so many schools with potential. Our thing is with only two clubs, you have Des Moines and the West Des Moines wombats and the Des Moines club, you know, there's just not enough coaches at the moment to like Mm. secure all these schools. So um, definitely room for growth, but I think the biggest barrier is going to be finding coaches, you know? So the search continues. I don't know. I think the high school league is really close to like blown up in the next five years. I can see that happening for sure. Honestly, the trajectory of the growth was, you know, obviously really good up until COVID. Yeah. That definitely just, COVID just hurt a lot of things. It did. It did. And I think too, like a lot of people are saying like work ethic and like uh, people's like social anxieties and things like that. So like, you have rugby. Rugby can be hard work, and also yeah. it's a new sport. There's new people, and a lot of people are like, ah, well, I could just Dennis, stay at home. In in your interview with Dennis, you did mention, you know, like maybe you know, gen- new generation of kids. You know, it's kind of hard to figure them out sometimes. Yeah, kind of got you know different. I don't know. Like, I mean, my mom's a teacher. She notices it all the time too. Like, kids just aren't with sports. Yeah, rock and Robin. Yeah, she. Uh, <laughs> you know, just mentioning that. Not as many kids are going out for sports as they used to. Like yeah. you used to have, like almost every kid in school would be playing a sport. Now it's dude. We're class one you know. A football team in two thousand and seven. We had twenty six seniors on that team. Mm. Like I was in a one A football team. Yeah, and same. I did not crack the starting lineup for varsity until my junior year. And I mean, I was an all state center. I'll bring it up. I don't give a hoot. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like. Uh, like I see teams that are like four A. Do they have five A now in football? Not in Iowa. Okay, they have five A girls basketball though. It's very confusing, Weird. hard to keep up with. I thought, I thought they for football they got five A now. Do they? Now? I think they do. It's, it was always like four A when I was in school. It was, but but now I'm seeing people at like the very high levels, like playing varsity as freshmen. And I know some people do like special teams or like skill positions, but there's like offensive linemen like as freshmen starting and like. Even in a small school, we never saw it because we had too many kids going oh, out yeah, for the no. sport. Like my whole class, I think there was maybe only like two guys that didn't play football. But oh, out of the seven of you, there's one seven. But you know, uh, <laughs> I'm talking about a small school, and you, yeah. you're like, oh, you went to a metropolis. Like that was yeah. massive. <laughs> no, I mean, like, yeah, if everybody played a sport though. Yeah, like, there was not if a not, single student. If not all sports. Yeah, if not all yeah. sports, but there's not a single student who didn't play at least one sport. But now that's pretty like normal for yeah. a lot of kids not to play any which is weird to me but yeah and it, and like we say you know you can't want it more than someone else like you can't yeah. want it for someone else yeah exactly like we love rugby and it's like we want to give that opportunity but if someone's like it has not for me it's not for them yeah so how do we make it to be the place they want to be tiktok <laughs> <laughs> unless it gets banned i hope it does me too actually it would save me a lot of time. I waste way too much time watching TikToks. But, you know, it just it has me thinking. I got a question for you. Mm. How you doing? Fuck. <laughs> Good you? <laughs> What's the question I ask? How you feeling? Yes. How you feeling? Good you? TikTok has mushed my brain. I, I you got mush brain. Ah, uh, like a tomato. Ah, good you. Good you. Good you. Good you. Fresh legs, fresh legs, fresh legs. What a train wreck. 